this is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the When People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. Today on the show, I am very excited to welcome Hinal Turner, who is part of the All in One Company. And she and I, I think we're probably twins separated at birth, at least as far as what we believe in authenticity and thriving and having the right people in the right seats. So, you know, welcome. And I'm so excited that you're here on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Don. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So a little bit about Hanel. She's a certified HR professional with a passion for helping businesses succeed. She's provided HR consulting services to more than 200 businesses, varying in size and industry. And what I want to say is don't let the whole HR piece like go, oh, that's so boring and compensation and benefits and onboarding and employee manuals. Uh, I think you're a bit more about that, Hanel. So tell us where you really focus and get your passion from. You know, it's so funny. Um, I so I feel like such a dork. I love helping um, businesses and looking at things, you know, kind of from the big picture standpoint. Like I, I helps me understand you know, the, like a business help. I like to know how things work. And I love, like when I would go consult with businesses, I would go in and ask for the tour. So I would get a tour of the whole facility and just see how everything works from an operational standpoint. And then when I, when I came in as an HR consultant, I would have a better understanding of how everything works. So I could kind of put my layer of my analysis on that um, or, you know, on whatever advice I was giving. Um, and it helped me really to visually like picture the business. And, and I like to learn about their products and their services. I mean, and their clients, like that's just a, a, my differentiator is like, I, I need the business and the big picture stuff to truly help a business owner. And when I can do that, like, that's where I get really excited. Um, I also, um, love, just problem solving and like digging deeper. So I, and I have no boundaries when it comes to questions. So I will ask so many questions and, and I love it. Um, and it's, it's fun for me. <laughs> and now with the all in company, I get to work with, um, with business owners exclusively to help them with, you know, hiring and finding the right people, which is like, you know, really it's like matchmaking, right? It's like dating for, um, for the business world. <laughs> I, I like that analogy. And for our listeners who go, okay, so it's about hiring and recruiting. And yes, that's true. But one of the reasons why I think that you were attracted to the show and I thought you'd make an amazing guest is the fact that you focus on five-star employees as part of that recruiting piece. So tell us more about that. Sure. So five-star employees, I mean, they are the cream of the crop. They represent the top 15% of the available market at the given, at their, at the given rate. And every, and five-star employees, believe it or not, are unique to your organization. Um, and so for somebody to be a five-star employee, they have to meet 
you know, five, surprise, surprise, five criteria. And so the first, they, the the candidate or, you know, your, even your current employees, you they need to have a, the core values need to align with the business owners, right? So what's important to you as a business owner, your employees and staff, it, that, that's what needs to be important to them. Um, second, they have the 11 universal qualities. So they're supportive, they collaborate with each other, they're proactive, they're limber, they complete tasks and achieve the goals that you, you as the business owner and really you as the business need for the person to achieve, right? They can listen, communicate their thoughts, and provide feedback. It's a very um, cool epiphany when you kind of take a look at this list and and you start thinking about the successful people in your organization and then those who are not successful. Mm-hmm. And I think like I had a you have time for a quick story. Oh, of course, we love stories. All right. <laughs> so I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but I was um, I I've been, I remember I was in a meeting one time and. I felt like we would kind of be in a good rhythm. And then one person, um, he just threw off that rhythm and he kind of went off on a tangent, was talking about somebody else. And I'm like, like, why is this so draining for me? And by the, when I went back and kind of analyzed it more, it turned out to be that he just couldn't, he wasn't actively listening. Like he just couldn't concentrate that much to to listen and to listen with both ears and removing those distractions and things. And that's why that is such that is that's why being a lis- listen and being able to listen is one of the 11 qualities. Mm-hmm. So all of our 11 qualities are are game changers, really. That's awesome. Um and then, you know, um, one pitfall that I, I think people people have when they're recruiting is, you know, they're not looking for the aptitudes for the specific role that they're recruiting for. And so our, our third star is, you know, does the person have the aptitudes necessary for the role? And then our fourth is, you know, what about their skill set, right? So if if the person is, um, is doing data entry or... They're t- they're working a lot for you as a as a copywriter. Like, and I mean, you just think about the role. But what is it that the, what's the skill that the person needs to be successful in the role? Um, and that's that fourth star. And really, um, I find people are not testing enough for this. So you know, in the recruitment process, administer a, a, a skills test to to truly evaluate your candidates. Um, and then the last star is the return on payroll. So is this person producing results from you at a 3x um, return on their payroll? Interesting. So uh, this may be an interesting discussion point, but you talked about one of those five criteria being the skill set. And it mm-hmm. and yes, I can understand that you know if you don't have the right skills, that that's detrimental to doing your job. Do you find that with some with some organizations that they focus only on the skill set, i.e. the resume? And so that mm. person might be a five star in that one piece, the skill set, but because they don't look at using your your framework, the other four criteria, 
that that can be why they're having difficulty hiring and retaining. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Because because the skill set is is important. It, it's enough to be one of the stars. And of course, you know, your your candidates need to be able to do to do the job, but it's as important um, for the candidate to have a core value alignment and the um, have the have the uh, quality, the 11 universal qualities of a five star employee. I mean, the core values is our first star and, and that's very intentional. So like the people in your organization need to be a good match for, for the business owner or else there's there's going to be something that's, that's always that that doesn't align and that's going to cause frustration for you if it's if it's not important for the the people in your organization then that's going to be a, a problem in like the long term and then like to your point if you're only testing for skills like what about the other areas that that you need right five star employees like they meet surprisingly, not surprisingly, but they have all the, they meet all the stars, right? Um, so it's, it's, they're out there and, and those are the people um, that can help you as a business, you know, scale and grow and, and achieve your goals. People can, can do the job um, if they just have skills, but they're not going to be the game changers for you. And it, it's going to be very difficult to rely on them or you know, to, to go on a month vacation and have um, and, and be able to trust that 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 person who only has the skill set can can take care of your your clients for you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you find because uh, I understand that a lot of what your company does is really focused on that, that recruiting piece. And so do you find that you have to educate your clients on what we, we have to go beyond the resume. It can't just be about the resume and really Mm -hmm. educating them on what to look for, what questions to ask, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, um, I feel like they're like one of the most common common things I find myself saying is it's not all about the resume and you can't tell too much from a resume because you have professional resume writers out there. You have templates out there. I mean, it's so difficult to assess a person um, from just a resume. So, so that tells me that I need to go deeper and, and and successfully look beyond the resume. So a story uh, of my own, there was a client that I was helping uh, weed through all, all these resumes and, you know, got, how do I want to say that? Um, not just weeded it out, but we we got it down to, you know, say the top five. And his his method for interviewing was to take the resume and just start asking questions from the resume. Oh, it shows mm-hmm. here you did such and such. And the guy just couldn't answer. And it's, it's a very technical field. So I didn't have that technical expertise, but even I could tell that this guy really didn't know what he was talking about. So the end of the interview, my client says, so you had a lot of difficulty writing or responding to my questions regarding your resume. And the guy said, yeah, my boss wrote the resume for me. And I think he based it on a lot of what he did. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like this whole, it's like face palm. Like, what were you thinking? Like, the, did you even look at the resume? Did you at least ask them questions? Hey, if they asked me about this, what does this even mean? I was just floored that he went into an interview with a resume that essentially wasn't even his own. I mean, I guess he kind of gets the integrity points for that. <laughs> Or not? I, know, though. I think that's negative <laughs> integrity points, really. <laughs> I think it's negative. Yeah. I think it's negative. I mean, he owned up to it, but it was it was a poor decision in, in the first place. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It needs to say my client did not hire him, but I just I I just thought about that. Like yes, we we depend upon the resume to give us that information about skill set. Maybe slightly about the aptitude that you mentioned. But to your point, there's there's more than just those things. So tell tell us a little bit about why you want five star employees, not just because it sounds good and cool. And of course, you want this. But why do you really want this in your organization? Yeah, so five star employees, you know, is the coolest thing about about them. And is they one five-star employee can do the work of two or three, one, two or three-star employees. So when you're talking about um, even your your cost of your payroll, your five-star employees just produce the quantifiable results that you need. Um, and it's because they love a challenge, they like to be held accountable, and they are a good team member. Like I was just talking to another um uh, another an, an author and she was talking about a team member versus an employee and I was like that's brilliant right so you know yes a team member is someone who will work with you and you're working towards the same result and five star employees they are um, they are team members to each other um, and then when you when you have a five star employee you're also um, have um, an elevated culture, right? So the place is a fun place to work because, you know, everybody is accountable. And, you know, I've read through, you know, hundreds of, of like survey engagement survey results and, um, and even a lot of them that, that were not so positive. And some of the most critical feedback is I feel like I'm the only one doing work right? Like why, well, how come the accountability standards are, are not the same? That doesn't make people feel good. And with a team of five-star employees, you don't have that. So there is, um, so it just naturally kind of brings this great culture to it, um, great culture to the organization. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the cost is a, is a great plus, right? Protecting your, your payroll, um, and I think the the sort of organic five-star culture that comes when you have a full team of five-star employees. I, as you know, I completely agree. And where I'm sure you get these questions from, from your clients or from prospects when you're talking about the services that you offer. And when they say, well, okay, it makes sense that a five-star employee can do the work of two or three, one, two or three-star employees. How do you know that? Or how can you quantify that? Or how do you measure that? What is your answer? 
Sure. So, I mean, it's, so first, like one thing I, I, you know, I, I, I challenge the, I guess the business owner or the manager, whoever um, to think about is, um, is just is thinking about one, like what is the, the, how much work are you having to, to redo? How much work are you having to have somebody, you know, review, do over, um, how many thinking about how many clients, um, have of your clients or customers have had poor experiences because of a sub, like an average or, or a person who just didn't have the passion for your organization. Um, and then you think about, well, how many, um, you know, how many excuses kind of have you heard from your one, two or three star employees, um, that just cost you that, and you have to like spend your own time and energy dealing with this, this problem instead of what you should be doing, which would be focusing on, you know, um, building either your next project or focusing on growing your client base. So you shouldn't be spending time, you know, following up and and double checking and, and babysitting somebody and holding their hands to do the job that really is what you've hired them to do. So if I, you know, um, so like a five-star employee is, uh, or one, two or three-star employee, like that's where the, the, the this time gets wasted. And if you start thinking like, okay, well, I I have to look at this as the business owner. Now I'm also going to have to ask one of my five-star employees to, to do the work over, contact the client again and fix this problem. So now I'm, so how much am I, money am I going to keep pushing out to, to in terms of time um, um, on this, right? And you can see like when you, um, when you work through your job descriptions and you create success metrics for each role in your organization, your five-star employee is achieving those, those success metrics. Um, and your one, two or three-star employees are not. And as soon as you see that sort of repeat and you see that person who are not achieving the goals, um, that they're, that they're set out to, um, you know, that means it's impacting your bottom line as well. So like, you know, one example I love is if I'm a, um, like a a cookie store, right. If I'm a, a bakery and I have a, and I know that I need to have, you know, cookies, like I need to have stacks and stacks of cookies outside because that's what people come in and they love to see. And that's going to help them buy. And that gives me a higher, um, you know, dollar value or um, people buying more cookies if they see them. So that means my baker has to make, you know, 45 cookies every 15 minutes. So if if I have a baker who's making five cookies, that means that day I'll probably have a lower, um, amount of sales, right? So they're not achieving your goals and that's kind of impacting your bottom line. Absolutely. And with the cookie example, it's it's great because that's very tangible. And I think in a lot of service-based uh, industries, nonprofits, those kinds of, mm-hmm. it's, it's harder to quantify that. Quantify. And there are so many uh, research studies out there about lowered productivity due to communication issues and 
um, unclear roles and responsibilities. Uh, we have a program called Dysfunctional Communication Styles in the Workplace. And and that's where if the, the more that, that we can quantify that, you know, that's you're lowering productivity by 40%. Well, what does that mean? Well, what if, so let's say a 40 hour work week and 40%, what is that, 16 hours? you're losing 16 hours a week in lowered productivity because of these issues of not having five-star employees or the right people in the right seats. And uh, I was just thinking about this because that 40%, which is a statistic we use often, I just now did, you know, did the equation of 16 hours that I think hits home. And that goes to that, that payroll piece that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, a five-star baker is going to produce 45 cookies for you every, what did I say, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, I think. I'm just trying to think of my oven. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going, what's possible? Yeah, so, um, and and that, that baker will do it for you, whereas somebody else will, they don't. And, you know, where like how much is it going to cost you to 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 that to to settle and to to accept these um one two or three star employees and you you know you can i mean i love like we love working with organizations and helping them figure out some of these bottom line numbers so that they can staff appropriately and um and hire the right people of course so Here's an intriguing question. Is the five-star employee, actually, I want to say that differently. Is the one-star or two-star employee about the person or the organization or both or something different? You know, it's, 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 it could be about the, the, like, we would have to look at the, the, we'd have to complete the assessment on, on an individual person, but oftentimes like um, what's, difficult what's what people don't understand is that I'm a five-star employee today but if you set me out into an accounting firm I won't be a five-star employee because that's just not where my passion is that's not where my skill set is I'm a great people person I I could I could probably get into a pretty successful interview there but I don't but I I wouldn't have the skill set that would get and I won't be a five-star employee there my passion is just not there um, so with somebody, um, or my, yeah, or my, and my skill set is just not there. And so what happens sometimes is you have people in your organization who, uh, who, who cannot evolve with you in that role. So maybe they're not a five-star employee in that role and, or maybe they're only a five-star employee for half the role that they're doing. And so and so maybe your organization grew and now you need a full-time person doing this, whereas before it was a part-time. I mean, so it could be a number of things, but you just want to make sure you got the right peeps and the right seats. Absolutely. And sometimes you're not a five-star employee because you're in the wrong seat. Um, and sometimes to your point, um, it, it may just not be it, that you might just not be in the right organization, but there is an organization out there for you. Um, and I wouldn't want to work at any place where I didn't have this like passion and where it wasn't a good fit for me either. So you've got to be comfortable with, okay, this is just not a right fit right now. And I can, 
I can see that. Um, so it so certainly can be, it's probably a little bit of both. <laughs> I, and fair enough, there wasn't necessarily a right or wrong answer to that. It's, it's the, and we come down the same way that the right person, yeah. the, right, the right person means there's an alignment of values and, but they could be in the wrong seat. So you might have the right person, but in the wrong seat, um, you might have the person in the right seat, those skills, the aptitude, whatever, but if they're not a match in some of those other areas, especially values of core the values, yeah. then they, doesn't matter how right that seat is, they are not the right person. So absolutely um, come down on that as well. So, and this leads me to my next question, because I, you know, this is going to be an evergreen episode. People can listen to it for a hundred years. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> um, and so when I mentioned the great resignation, that may still be a thing or it may not be. Uh, I think employees finding the right fit as well as organizations finding the employees who are a right fit is going to be timeless and universal. It's just, it got thrown into our face over the last couple of years. So tell me a little bit about why you think there is this great resignation, why employees are leaving their jobs. Yeah. You know, I don't, I feel like um, people are, are leaving their, our jobs. And I don't know if it's, um, I kind of was looking through some reports and things about like how great is great. And, um, and I feel like people are leaving because they, I, I think a lot of it has to do with um, this shift into like their mindset shifts. It has, has shifted, right. Resulting kind of from this COVID pandemic that we we're in or it's over or however, whatever your position is there, but people got used to working in a different environment. And I think that, un that uncovered a lot of things about the organization, about the person, about their family. And so I feel like they're shuffling around to see if, um, to see, wow, I, I, I can work in, in the way that I want to work. And I, I can balance out my family and my, and my personal um, and my work life, and and it's and it we can still move forward. And so now, um, when they're working with organizations, um, and they're finding that they're they don't have that flexibility that they they want, um, that's something that they're not really settling for. I think um, when we moved into a heavily uh, remote world where everybody was working for home from home. Um, I think that highlighted that a lot of people in management maybe were not as trained as they should be and they didn't, and it's very difficult to, um, to manage virtually when, when you're not, when you don't have the skill set or you weren't taught how to do it properly or, mm -hmm. um, and again, that's not the manager's fault. That's just, um, something that happens sometimes, like it's very natural, right? You, you see somebody who is shining, who's the best person on the team. So you promote them. And then um, it, and it's not the same job, right? Managing humans uh -huh. is different than managing um, clients or, or, or tasks and things. So, so those kinds of things, I think just kind of all came to light at the same time. And so um, 
And so, and it was like a perfect storm in, in the employment world because then businesses were, were forced to move into, a, again, a virtual environment and, um, and then say, okay, well, I'm recruiting. Well, hey, I might as well open it up and see where else I can recruit, right? And so that led people who were already on the fence to, to, to look maybe perhaps somewhere else. Um, I can tell you, we, I thought we didn't, we didn't lose anybody here during the, <laughs> during the resignation. Um, so like it, it's, it's interesting. It's a very interesting, like a uh, couple years that we've had. Definitely. And I'd say the reason why you didn't lose any is because you obviously practice what you preach. You practice what you consult right. <laughs> and, and say, all right, we've got this, you know, this, five-star employee system let's let's walk that that talk and so not surprising that you you didn't you didn't lose anything um I know you and I talked a little bit before before we started the show and um so I'm intrigued by by something you you mentioned as one of the the things you're frequently talk about um, as a lot of the listeners will know, we have our company climate inventory, which is an overall health or health assessment for an organization. It's from the employee's standpoint. It's anonymous. So you could call it an engagement survey, but it's it's pretty in-depth. And like I said, it's the overall health of the organization. You mentioned that y- you have your favorite new question to ask on an, an employee engagement survey. And I wouldn't let you tell me what that that favorite new question was because I was I'm like I, I don't want to know yet. I wanted it to be a surprise for me, but I'm dying to hear what that is. Sure. So my new favorite um, question to ask on engagement surveys or you know health your your health assessment is um, is do you have a best friend at work? Mm-hmm. And so like what we're like uh, what. what you know, we're seeing is, you know, people who, um, you know, people are, people are people, right? We have, we have our, our community at home with our family. Um, we have a, a group of friends and that's, that's another community. You know, we just want to be part of a, another community. And so you look at your, your workplace as this, as this community. And so you need a best friend, you need a parent, you need a parent, Right. Business owners, you're the parent. So, um, who is your best friend, though? That is a relationship that you you need, and people have a um, a they, people need a person to go to to talk to relate and relate to. And when they find that in the workplace, um, it's a very difficult relationship to to leave. And so, I I I, I really believe that those those folks who can formulate those relationships in the workplace and and can can say oh yeah i have a best friend i i go to um they are you know very committed to to that workplace and i again completely agree this is why i think we might have been you know um engagement twins separated at at birth because we so are in alignment with with all these concepts um, my fellow consultant and partner and my husband, Mark, he has a background as a marriage and family therapist. And so when, you know, when we brought, you know, our two skill sets or many skill sets together, one of them was 
you know, an organization is a community. It's a type of, of, of system. And he took the family system and overlaid it on top of organizations. And so I'm in completely alignment. It's another community. (laughs) And so, and you're spending a, a third of your day, if it's only an eight hour, you know, work day, but for your waking hours, you're spending far more of your waking hours at work if it's a full-time job. So it should be something that you enjoy and not hate. That's a whole, that's a whole nother topic. Right. <laughs> I We actually um, had a CEO of a company say, we are not family here. This company, because people would be like, oh, you know, my my XYZ family and my, you know, we're, but we're family here and let's treat each other with respect. And the CEO said, this, we are not a family. I have a family, this, this company, this is not my family. And I thought, Ooh, not, not cool. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait. Yes. I I can't wait to work here. No kidding. No kidding. And, um, and so it's like, like it or not, you know, yes, it doesn't mean we don't have a separation between our home life and our work life. But as I said, if you hate what you do and your work, you're spending and you're, you're a full-time employee, you're spending the majority of your waking hours doing something you hate. So if you flip that around and like you were saying that there's this shift that uncovered mm-hmm. maybe some issues at, at organizations and you go to you work for an organization that whose values align with your own and you like the people you work with and you like what you're doing then it really is more of a community you can call, you don't have to call it family call it a community but mm-hmm. like it or not your workplace even if it's virtual even if it's remote if it's hybrid, it's still a type of community. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And like what um, is, is so interesting is like people, um, you know, people really struggled with being able to um, to keep this like sense of community going when we all went in virtual. And, you know, we talk with our clients about that too. And, you know, we ask them, well, you can still do do things um, virtually, right? You can have um, you can have virtual lunches. You can have virtual happy hours. You can have virtual um, coffees. You can you can still take the time. I mean, we did. Um, I know at at um, like we did like a called a walkie talkie where you know you just take your phone and you you go outside and you just have a 15 minute conversation with somebody on your team um, away from like your desk away and outside and you walk and you just chit chat and get to know each other. And it's just um, a bonding place, but you've got to to realize, I think as the, the business owner and as, or as a manager, that this is time that people are spending away from their, their family, away from their home and so we want to make make that environment um, comfortable for them, right? We want to make it a great place to work. And it's these little things like like uh, walk talkies and and get togethers and and letting the the relationships form uh, that that make it a great place place to work. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, this has been I. 
a fun and great conversation. I've loved it so much. Uh, and I hope that our listeners have enjoyed it as well. So tell tell us and them where they can find out more about you and the All-in-One Company. Sure. So um, we are, uh, so if you can always contact me. I'll, I'll You can add my email to the, to the show notes. Um, and, and of course, if you're interested in finding some more information about the all-in company, um, check out fivestaremployees.com slash never settle. And what, what I've added there is a quick litmus test. So you can take a look at our 11 universal qualities and test them against your best and worst employees. Oh, that's going to be powerful. So I just want to reiterate because I'm going there right now, of course. Yeah. Um, so that's <laughs> going to be five star employees.com forward slash never settle. And so there's just a, a quick uh, assessment that that you can do. And I'm sure that it could be fascinating results and definitely a resource that could be extremely life-changing and valuable for your organization. So Hinal, thank you again for spending this time with me. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Great, <laughs> great. All right, for all you out there, until next time, may you thrive. Mm-hmm.